for only five dollars. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown! We did it! All right, hour two, full court press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Had a lot of talk about in the first hour. We brought on uh, Utah State women's basketball head coach Kayla Ard. We'll post that interview uh, just by itself on the uh, 106.9 The Fan website, just the podcast feed, along with the entire hour one episode. Had a lot of fun with that. Got to learn a little bit more. You know, it's I was able to learn some about the men's team. You know, with their scrimmage and with media days and whatnot, um, there's a little more known about that team because it's familiar with the players and few newcomers, but a lot of the same. But with the women's team, is like, I don't know any of these players. The <laughs> one player who I've seen a lot consistently is Kinley Falslev uh, Wakaiser. She's married, so now he has that hyphen on her name. Um, or at least in that, terms that, of her athletics career, that's who she's referred to. I'm that's quite sure. a blend of some uh, pretty notable Aggie names. Yeah, it is. Foslov and Wickheiser yeah, all together in I one. Be- I believe she was married to uh, the former walk-on, who's actually, I don't think he's on the team anymore. Um, he may have graduated and gone on. And I don't think he's graduated. I don't think he's that, that old, but but he was a walk-on. Yeah, he, he, was, he was with the team, and... And so, yeah, in Falslev, I watched her in high school, and she was really good in high school. She was on the Green Canyon, played really well for some, some really great girls' basketball teams. Green Canyon originally, back when I was covering them a few years ago, that was great, you know, butting heads, two really great teams uh, in the same region. But, so we got to talk about women's basketball, talk a little about the Utah Jazz. Uh, they're, I guess, now puzzling losses. <laughs> Started three and zero, and then they decided to lose to the Houston Rockets. Talked about that. Um, we're gonna talk a little more men's basketball. So we got to talk a lot about the women's basketball team for Utah State. We'll talk more about the men's team as their season gets a little closer. Um, of course, their season doesn't start for a while. The women's season kind of starts this week with the Aggie Madness tonight, and then an exhibition game on Friday. And I don't think the men's exhibition is till like. November Men 7th? do not have an exhibition. Oh, excuse me. That's their openers on November seventh. Yes. Uh, they've played a couple of scrimmages, some secret scrimmages that their opponents have been reported elsewhere. But that seventh—that's going to be a doubleheader because the women play at three against the College of Idaho, and then the men will play later that night against Utah Valley. So it'll be a fun night of Aggie basketball for both the women and then followed by the men. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Am I going to be on the show that day or am I going to go to both those games? We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure, figure that out, out as uh, as things get closer. Um, Want to get to some of these texts. Uh, why don't we get to the stat and player, the stat that blew our minds and player of the week before we jump into our men's basketball talk? Yeah, absolutely. We've had a few people text in some recommendations and nominations for a consideration for a player of the week. Uh, and by the way, if you want to text in, weigh in on 
on that or other topics, feel free, 435-339-0321 to, uh, to text into the program. Uh, 0366, uh, recommendation, Ashton McFarlane from Ridgeline Football. Uh, for a player of the week, uh, four seven eight one player of the week definitely should be Lowry Markinen. That's a, I think that's a very good recommendation. Four seven eight one. That's a that's a very good recommendation. <laughs> uh, Ashton McFarland. That's a good recommendation as well. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't following the Ridgeline football game. You might have to enlighten us on exactly why, because I, I unfortunately was not informed. Obviously, Ridgeline had a good game. I know Jackson Olson made his return. Yeah, he but, came back. But I had an impact. Yeah, but he wasn't the the main guy. I think he had a kind of one big play. I think he scored a touchdown. But obviously, others were certainly uh, more involved in that twenty-four to zero win over um, Pineview. Pineview. Mm-hmm. That's who they beat. So remember, I think it was Pineview and Logan that had a playoff game a few years back, and it ended up being like fifty something, fifty something. Like it was an insane shootout, and I was there to. I was covering that game. It was insane. That's well, what I remember about Pineview, basically. Wasn't that wasn't that Ridgeline a few years ago? Uh, I think that was Travis Cox in his debut as a coach. I remember Logan being involved in a shootout, and maybe oh, maybe it was Logan. Could have been a different game. And a, Pineview had a couple of years there. Gary Croton was the offensive coordinator, and they were all about offense, not much about defense, <laughs> and it was just a track meet to see whoever could uh, come out on top and survive. Uh, thank you, 0366, with some uh, context. Uh, Ashton McFarland had two pick sixes. One was called back on a penalty. Was the pick called back or was the touchdown on it called back? I think I think the touchdown was called back. Yeah. yeah I think that's that's probably the yeah, So the touchdown, that's what he's saying. He keeps updating us, helping us out. Thank Just you, 0366. Doing, doing our jobs for us. I should be reading up on these games. Um, or watching the broadcast, I guess, since we have them. Replays have are available on CashValleyDaily.com, yeah, by so the way. Yeah, so you go watch those two pick sixes. Yes, you can. There you go. Um, so let's get to our own players of the week. I guess we'll start with that. Uh, Eric, uh, let's, let's, give, let's have you give your player of the week. Well, I have to go with 4781. Uh, now, you looks like you're reacting the same. Look, over the last week um, – it was a, the start of this Jazz season. We didn't really know what it was going to look like, who these guys were going to be. Was it going to be a train wreck, or would they be scrappy? And uh, it turns out that they were scrappy and fun. And Lowry Markinen, i, I got to give him credit for what he's looked like in this first week in a Jazz uniform. 21.5 points, 8.8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Uh, the guy's just been great for this team, uh, watching him develop. Um, and to be a star uh, for the Utah Jazz, and how he plays on both sides of uh, both ends of the court has been really, really fun to watch. And I've been really impressed with Lowry Markkinen. Okay, so I also had Lowry Markkinen. I was worried you're going to steal mine, and I guess two people have now preempted me in my own <laughs> Player of the Week selection. Four seven eight one, and you. So I'll I'll do a really quick audible here, pull a Peyton Manning and just switch it last second. I'll go with another jazz player to Jared Vanderbilt, who by certain, at least before the Houston games, by some metrics, was the second best defensive player in the NBA. Uh, NBA maths, like total points saved or defensive points saved, something like that. They have their total points added metric, which has an offensive points added and a defensive points saved. 
and they kind of can turn that into a uh, catch-all metric. Mm. And by that metric, Vanderbilt was second only to, oddly enough, Nikola Jokic. He was number one in, in defensive points saved. But Vanderbilt was a very close second. And so he's been playing like a defensive player of the year candidate through a handful of games. So I'll go ahead and uh, give it to another okay. Jazz guy who certainly who certainly deserves recognition along with some of the offensive guys who've been doing well, you know. The Markinens, the Olenics, Conley, Clarkson, even Sexton to a degree. So Yeah, I've loved watching Jared Vanderbilt play. Uh, I thought he did better last night in staying out of foul trouble than he had in the, many of his previous outings for Utah. Yeah. And you could just see if this guy could stay on the court, boy, what an impact player he is. And um, and that that's going to be fun to watch if that can main, be maintained. Uh, play great uh, high-energy defense without getting too much into foul trouble and taking himself out of a out of a game. Yeah, so you look at what Jared Vanderbilt is, that's what I'm hoping Dan Akin can be for Utah State. Where, I know at Utah State he's going to play a bit more of a center role where Vanderbilt's kind of playing a power forward, maybe kind of a small ball center at times. Um, you know, kind of interesting because he usually plays alongside Kelly Olenek, so he's playing power forward, but he does center things, and he gets away with being a non-shooter because of Olenek. Yes. Um, so Atkins' role will be a little different where he's going to be the center. He's not going to play power forward next to uh, next to a center, at least not a lot. But I'm kind of imagining Atkins being a versatile switch maybe. Odom says one through five. I don't know how true that is. He might be exaggerating. Maybe two through five. But he can be a versatile, do a lot of things on defense and rebound kind of guy. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, by the way, got a text from our friend John Russell, friend of the program, Full Court Press alum. He says, by the way, Markinen is an Arizona Wildcat. That's true. I, yeah. I one, one season at Arizona. I, I do remember him. I, I'm to the point now where I've been doing this a lot where I start remembering where some guys went to college. And I remember, you know, Markinen being part of the draft coming out and being drafted in the, I believe it was late, mid to late lottery. He was a top 10 pick. I think he was number nine. Yeah, I think. think Around nine. So, yeah, it's interesting. Arizona's usually producing, like, a lottery guy, you know, every couple of years. Despite the fact their program doesn't always, you know, show it. They're definitely not like their glory days. They do produce some good talent. They don't always produce a lot of wins, at least down the stretch. Especially not in the tournament. Correct. Because generally my rule of thumb is when you're picking your – NCAA tournament bracket is don't trust the Pac-12, which would have gotten you in trouble a couple years back yeah. when they had several teams go really that deep. UCLA run. Yeah, and then they had like Oregon and something like that. So my, my rule of don't ever trust the Pac-12 is uh, a little shaky the last couple years, but uh, Arizona was part of that where they'd actually have some like top five teams, if I remember correctly, and then they do nothing. I think they were even a, I think they were even a number one seed one year. Oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah, but then yeah. they you know probably lost in like the second or third round. I know, I know. John loves to hear us talk about how Arizona underachieves. Seen Arizona? <laughs> oh, he he loves he loves the Wildcats. <laughs> Lived in Tucson for a while. Well, there you go. I got nothing against Arizona. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I guess. Oh, I almost forgot about this. We got to do our, the the stat that blew our mind. And I guess I'll go first. Um, so this is one I found. Um, has, so it's about the it's back to the NBA. 
Oh, now I gotta find where I put it. I put it somewhere around here in my notes. There it is. So, is from the uh, Brooklyn Net- Nets and uh, Memphis Grizzlies game from last night. Um, John Morant and Desmond Bain both had 38 points for the Memphis Grizzlies. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving each had 37 points for their team, which is interesting enough. They had a pair of teammates each have, like, the same number of points. Yeah, that's wild. That high. But that's not the uh, the crazy thing about this. Because it's the third time in NBA history that a pair of teammates on each team have had 35-plus points. It's the third time in NBA history, and it's only the first time it's happened in regulation. Wow. So I I love these kind of stats where it's like first time this has ever happened or pretty rare. Very rare. Without getting super random, because this is bordering on the edge of, you know, that kind of, oh, it's the first player to score 27 points, get 11 rebounds on a Tuesday after eating a burrito for lunch. You know, I want to avoid those kind of stats. <laughs> yes. But it, it's kind of cool enough to where it is something nice. So, Eric, let's uh, let's hand it over to you. What's the stat All right, stat that blew mind? my mind. Okay, I'm going to throw a couple of numbers out. Um, and this isn't I, – I, I really wish I knew the, the very specific number here. So you have to – it's not as specific as it needs to be, but it's more than 1,200. So whatever this number is, it's more than 1,200. Uh, and then there's 15 and 17. So three sets of numbers here. So 15, that's 15 shutouts by the Mountain Crest girls soccer team. Uh, 17 wins. They want, They've done that twice now. They did that last year. They went 17 and 3. In 2021, and they went 17 and three again in 2022. But the 1200, the 1200 plus, that's 1200 minutes of not allowing a team, an opponent, to score on them. Uh, they went, they played 1200 minutes without giving up a goal. Jeez. Now that's just regulation. I know they had some overtime games, so that's what I don't. This isn't as accurate as it needs to be because they had a couple of overtime games where they were also flawless in uh in in not allowing a goal so that that number is more than 1200 but that's that's incredible that's a long time to not allow your opponent to score on you and that mountain grass girls soccer team fantastic what they've been able to do their last two seasons yeah (laughs) it's a really good team like just just having those back back it's almost bordering on that west side dominance yeah, with their just, football program. Where Westside finally had theirs broken, actually, this year. Their long winning streak of, like, two or three straight years. But, yeah, it, it is insane that kind of... Not just winning, because winning that many times is hard enough. It's being essentially flawless throughout those wins. Yeah. Dominating. Yeah. Dominating. Uh, 4781 with the text. Stat that blew my mind. Ben Simmons fouling out for the second time in three games. I don't know what's happened to Ben Simmons where he's fouling so much now. This is a guy who's, you know, touted himself as Defensive Player of the Year material and was touted by a lot of people as Defensive Player of the Year material. Now he can't stop fouling. Did he forget how to play defense when he was sitting there (laughs) playing Call of Duty for two straight He hasn't played much basketball. He has about as many fouls through three games as he has points. 
<laughs> through three games. I think it's uh, 18 points and 14 fouls. Jeez. <laughs> Something like that. Ben Simmons might go down as one of the biggest wastes of talent in history. I thought Russell Westbrook was one of the bigger wastes of talent, but that dude actually put together a Hall of Fame career and will be known as the Triple Double King. Yes. Maybe he's not going to get the playoff results and the championships that he wanted, but okay, at least the dude was good. Now, there was something I was going to do, and I'll be honest, I just I didn't have a lot of time today, but for the stat that blew my mind, I was going to figure out what R- Russell Westbrook is or isn't doing so far through the start of the season, along with Ben Simmons, and then look at how much each player is being paid, how many millions of dollars are being wasted on these two players and how they're not really helping their teams. Yeah. I saw one thing, and I don't know you know, how accurate these stats are. I assume they were accurate. Basically, it was showing which players have um, had their shot contested the least. So, you know, like most shots, a lot of their – you know, a lot of them are at least somewhat contested. It's hard to get a wide open shot. Some players are left open on purpose. And so some of these players they were listing, uh, Andre Roberson, the old Oklahoma City Thunder, a uh, guy who's a you know, great defender. I think he might have even, I think he was all, all defense a few times. Um, but he was a terrible shooter. And so nobody guarded him. So like the, the number they had was like 49% of his shots were contested. And they also had Joachim Noah, who was at like also around 49% or something like that. So this is a guy who was, you know, a defensive player of the year, really great, you know, long-time bowl, uh, but obviously not a jump shooter. Right. Uh, Russell Westbrook was at, like, this this season, I think it was single-season numbers, not, like, their whole career. But for Westbrook this season, it was, like, 41% of his jumpers were contested. It's like, holy cow, that's like leaving you wide open. Like, always. Well, uh, wasn't it, was it uh, who was it, Chauncey Billups, who basically said, our our game plan was to back off of Russell Westbrook. Just let him shoot. Yeah. Slack back and help in, in other coverages, but don't contest. Yeah, and just just, just let him shoot. You like you know, there's certain shots that you'll take. They'll say, you know, after a player, you know, takes a shot, oh you'll take that shot, even if they made it like oh you'll take that seventeen foot jumper. Any shot that Russell Westbrook takes is a shot you're fine with. Three-pointer, 18-foot jumper, floater in the paint. You want him shooting. It's, yeah. It, it's the, the thing with, the, I guess, the slight difference with Ben Simmons is that he can defend and he can distribute, so he's not a good shooter. But he does other things to help your team. At this point in Russell Westbrook's career, it's debatable what he's doing to help his team. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, when I said Ben Simmons is a waste of talent, Russell Westbrook did something with his talent. Maybe didn't reach the peak um, where, you know, he's probably one of the more talented players I've ever seen, Westbrook is, with his absolutely explosive athleticism. Raw athleticism. And yeah. the fact that he's managed to stay healthy where, you know, Derrick Rose kind of had some of that as well, but he couldn't stay healthy. Westbrook True. pretty much has. Um, and Westbrook was, maybe if he'd worked on his shot a little better, maybe could have been a slightly better. He was at least almost league average from three for a lot of his career, um, or at least passable from three. Um, it was even okay at mid-range. But, you know, he's able to get points and not be a complete drain. But he could have been better. And so that's why I talk about Westbrook maybe being a bit of a waste where he, there was more he could do if he'd really applied himself and not just had the mentality of go 100 miles an hour at it and that's all I'm, all I'm ever going to do. Because um, LeBron James got smart where he played the game smart. 
not necessarily hard. Right. Because early in his career, just so physically imposing, he would overpower his opponents. But as he is aged, he's become more crafty in how he gets his points. Michael Jordan did the same thing. Yeah. And, and like the best years of LeBron is where he still had a lot of that, you know, superhuman athleticism. And he was combining with the fact that he learned a little bit. And that's where some of his Miami Heat years, maybe a couple of years of his second stint with the Cavaliers, where he had a bit of that combination. And, you know, that version of LeBron goes toe-to-toe with prime Michael Jordan. But tying it all back to Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons has that, you know, crazy height and athleticism and a really great ability to see the floor and, you know, passion to defend. And what has he done with it? He's made a lot of money. Give him that. He's richer than I'll ever be. But in terms of, you know, actually being good, being remembered as something other than a joke... He's, he's just failed. His player efficiency rating is 8.43. By contrast, on his own squad, his own roster, Kevin Durant is a staggering 33.36. And for a guy like Ben Simmons, he's the kind of guy who should be able to rack up PER, which I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of PER. I, I, I don't even think John Hollinger likes it anymore, and he's the guy who made it. Because um, it tends to favor bigs and... In scores and things like that. That's why I like other catch-all metrics. <laughs> but Ben Simmons, look, he's averaging 5.7 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. And, and so it's that the... triple single, baby. <laughs> that, that 7 assists thing, and it's a fair number of rebounds. He is doing other things on the court. It's The scoring is really bad. Yeah. And the propensity to foul, but that's, you know, he guy's been away from basketball for almost two years. Yeah, well, at this point, his his best bet is to basically play the role of poverty Giannis. I know some people say he should play the Giannis role. Well, Ben Simmons can't because Giannis has an extra gear and the I will run you over if you don't get out of my way kind of mentality on offense where like, how much better is Giannis if you just break down their skill level in certain areas? How much better is Giannis than Ben Simmons? He's a better shooter, technically, by numbers. He can actually hit threes. But he's not a great shooter, um, and, and there's, so there's certain similarities in that. They're not great shooters, but Giannis works around that. He plays to his strengths, and he gets around his own weaknesses. Ben Simmons can't get around his own weaknesses the way Giannis can. That's why I laugh when somebody says, because you know, they see that similarity too, is Ben Simmons not a shooter, Giannis not a shooter. Well, one of these guys actually has a killer mentality and can play the Giannis role, Yes. And it's the guy named Giannis. <laughs> and the missing component for Ben Simmons isn't the opportunity to play the Giannis role. It's that he is mentally incapable of playing that role. Uh, by the way, Russell Westbrook, by comparison, since we're talking about those two, 10.3 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 4.3 assists, and his PER is at 8.62. LeBron James is at 23.24 to basically lead the Lakers. Yeah, well, I think... So, big, try, big difference. Trying to look at what... Uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook, you know, had his season with a 30.6 PER. So, like I said, it can favor a guy like that where you rack up rebounds and assists and points. Mm-hmm. That'll get you the high PER. So, he used to be really good in that stat and just triple doubles in general. But now he's... He's older and retired, and so I kind of forget Russell Westbrook, his production now, because he's old and whatever. In his prime, he was really fun to watch. He is kind of delusional about his own role at this point, so it's kind of funny to watch. 
but I kind of excuse the fact that he's not performing anymore. Right, and really a refusal to adapt and adjust his game as he gets older. Uh, 6891, texting in. Uh, don't worry. Um, ben won Rookie of the Year, so he can come. <laughs> so Ben Simmons, yeah, that was a that was a fluke. He should be a he should be in the running for Rookie of the Year again this year. <laughs> He's been away from the game. It's like a new season. That's one of my favorite memes. Is just Ben Simmons Rookie of the Year. It's I love it. <laughs> uh, Four seven eight one. This just in: Ben Simmons is the early front runner to win Rookie of the Year again. <laughs> I promise I didn't read that text before I said that. <laughs> there you go. Four seven eight one. You stole my thunder. I stole yours. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh six nine six eight nine one says, "Dang, I forgot to say, come back." Uh, okay. Now, uh, rookie of the year, so he can come back. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll you guys come- are on the same wavelength there. They don't have a comeback player of the year in the NBA, do they? Uh they used to. Did they? Don't they? Might have to look that up. Because I know NFL has one. I don't know if any other sport actually has it other than the NFL. I don't remember MLB having one. MLS doesn't even really do those kind of awards. NHL, I'm not even aware of the awards the NHL does. It was awarded from 1981 through 1986. So like five years. (laughs) That was... uh... Then in the middle of the 86-87 season, the NBA announced that they were canceling it. They should do it again now because players are actually sitting out entire seasons all the time. You know, back in the 80s, they'd be like, oh, I got a broken left arm. I guess I'll miss the first quarter. Let's wrap it up and let's play. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, my ankle hurts. I got to miss two weeks. Yeah. At least if you're Ben Simmons. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And we promise at some point we will talk about the men's basketball team for Utah State, as we've been teasing the entire show. We'll be back after this on 106.9 The Fan. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At match quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing, so you'll get S.E. Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. 
It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust the stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. I think I can, I think I can. Do you feel like you're chugging up the inflation mountain? This is Zach with HSA Depot, and we can help. Did you know that you can save as much as 30% by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your inflation mountain and your health care by providing eligible products. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year, and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12 and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Mountain West Motors' selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next adventure. Whether it's hauling trucks, kids, or roaming the mountains, Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. Visit mwmotor.com or stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. Welcome back, Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson, already in progress. Getting towards the end of hour two. It's been a. Oh, this show's kind of gone by a little quickly. I left oh, my <laughs> word. It's like the third time this. I'm getting <laughs> muted. I'm getting canceled. I just want my own show, Eric. <laughs> I just want my own show. Yeah, it's flying fast. Appreciate the texts that have been coming in. Uh, 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, player of the week, a stat that blew your mind. We've been talking USU women's basketball. We've been talking about the Utah Jazz, early start of the NBA season. Been dumping on Ben Simmons, you know. <laughs> you know, all kinds, All kinds of things. Uh, 7854 texting in. Giannis is a 50% plus career shooter and shoots 30% from beyond the arc. Not the greatest shooter, but much better than Westbrook. See, I need to actually double-check on Russell Westbrook's three-point percentage. Cause I, need to, cause I said he was decent throughout his career, and I'm doubting myself on that. You know, Giannis, uh, you have to give him credit for where he is now compared to where he started his career. Definitely has worked on that to become more of a consistent scorer and not just a downhill player uh, to be able to score at multiple levels on the on the floor. And when he does that, he's so dangerous, it's hard to uh, to figure out where and how to defend him. Certainly, he's still best when he's attacking the rim, 
but he has improved his outside shooting from when he began his career. Yeah, Westbrook, like during his probably kind of prime years, at least as a shooter, was like shooting 32% from three, which is in that passable, you're kind of okay with him shooting, not as much as he did, where he was shooting like four or five threes a game, but he'll at least make him at an all right clip. It's still below league average, which has usually been sitting around 35%. Um, Giannis, yeah, he went from like a, a non-shooter to a guy who uh, the last few years has been around 30% per game, um, which is just getting into that maybe passable where you, you kind of have to pay attention to him. Which, thank the heavens for the rest of us, the NBA teams, that Giannis hasn't been able to shoot threes for his career. <laughs> yes. Because that would be stupidly unfair. It would be scary. Because this is a guy that everybody knows exactly what he's doing. And he still does it. That's what makes him great. Is that he's able to do it regardless of what you want to do. He's going to get to the rim and he's going to make it. And again, it's why I laugh when people try and say, oh, Ben Simmons can do the honest thing. No, he can't. <laughs> Maybe he should have been able to based on his athleticism and length and, and passing ability where he's a much better passer than Giannis. But there's just another aspect to Giannis where he's just that much better at attacking the rim. And Ben Simmons is like scared to attack the rim. Uh, now the text that come through four seven eight one. This just in: Ben Simmons is once again being considered the front runner for being the biggest baby in the NBA. LeBron is a close second. Stay tuned for the more on this developing story. I don't know. Chris Paul's up there. Chris Paul's yeah. He's he's a whiner. He's a baby. He's a complete baby. He's respectable on court, unlike some other players who are big babies. <laughs> yeah. But Chris Paul, I've, I just could never like him. But, all right, let's 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 change gears here. We've been talking about the NBA a little bit. want to talk about Utah State men's basketball. We'll get to both Utah State men's basketball and women's basketball. We had Kayla Ard on earlier. Eric's working on actually loading that interview, which we had basically right at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. It is now loaded. It is now on there. So you can go listen to it once we get off. Wait for like a half hour, and then you can go listen to it. Those of you who may have joined us mid-show or – or after we brought Art on, because if you if you're not sure what's going on with the women's basketball team, like most people, when they have like 12 new players, nobody knows what's going on. Being a little bit of insight from uh, some of the stuff she said here on on the fan or on the full court press. Um. Okay, we got one more text because it's, it's about NBA. Uh, four seven eight one. He has his uh, official baby rankings. <laughs> number one, okay. Ben Simmons. Number two, LeBron. Three, Chris Paul. Four, Westbrick, as he uh, writes. And five, uh, Luka Doncic. Ah, he is a whiner. He he is getting up there. Like, I kind of ignored it because he's a new phenomenon, and now it is kind of getting annoying. All right. Let's talk about Utah State men's basketball. Because uh, there was something that came out today that kind of made us want to bring this topic back up again. And that was some uh, gambling. (laughs) Gambling odds. Stuff that came out. Because we, we, you know, you have the the preseason poll which has Utah State at eighth, if I remember correctly. Yes. And then, uh, but Ken Pomeroy, who has his Ken Palm rankings, he had Utah State. He has like his you know one through three hundred and some odd rankings. I think he had Utah State based on those rankings as the third best team in the conference. Yeah, sixty eighth overall, which would be a fringe tournament team 
and a, the, the third highest ranked team out of the Mountain West. San Diego State was number one. Wyoming number two. Makes total sense. But interesting yeah, development. Uh, Jeff Grammer, credit him. He uh, does a lot of things covering the uh, the Mountain West. But um, he he had um, he, he shared this. This is from Bet Online uh, AG, which I guess it's a betting service. Um, but the they have odds, right, for teams to win the conference. San Diego State odds on favorite makes sense. Uh, they're number one. Wyoming number two, and Utah State number three, ahead of Boise State. And Colorado State. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting, and I know. I think Jeff Grammer like mentioned that, uh, or he said that you know, with the odds makers be a lot more like Ken Palm. I'm not sure why that would be, because then again, Vegas is supposed to always know. Um, so it is interesting that some of the more analytical and you know odds making is going in favor of Utah State having a good season. Whereas the media perception, and even around here, you know, for me, I was pessimistic on this team a few months ago. I was up here talking about how they didn't have an offensive weapon and, you know, all these different things. And I've kind of, you know, the more I've dove into this team and the closer we're getting and the more information I'm getting, I'm becoming more optimistic. And this is another one of those things where I'm growing from being, thinking, okay, yeah, Utah State's going to finish 8th or ninth to... I picked them in my ballot to be like sixth, and I'm like, is is that too low? Like, are we in Cash Valley, underrating this team? Whereas people outside of the valley, you know, that's where all the hype seems to be. Like, like what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, I I'm kind of with you. I think I'm I've become more and more embarrassed by my preseason poll of Utah State, <laughs> and uh, have greatly second guessed myself. And uh, this, the more that we learn about this team and how it's coming together, but also seeing some of the outside perceptions of and and deeper dives of what this team is all about, and not just what Utah State's all about, but what other teams in the Mountain West are all about. Um, I, I think I've I've undersold this uh, Utah State basketball team so far. Yeah, and I worry about just you know having the pendulum swing too far the other way, where I'm like too hyped about this team and they'll end up letting us down. Yeah, it, it is becoming very interesting that there's a lot of hype for this team. Whereas we were all expecting and we were all projecting for ourselves some pessimism for it. Uh, 5860 uh, on, on the subject of the men's basketball team. He says, the men's basketball team is going to let us down just like the football team did. Buckle up. And I, I, I'm, I'm certainly hoping not. And, and I was, again, like during the summer and as we were kind of close to the season, I was kind of feeling like, okay, men's basketball team is not going to be very good this year. I was thinking they were going to be worse than last year's team because of the loss of Justin Bean and, and uh, Horvath. And I didn't feel like they'd adequately replace them. But there is a growing confidence that maybe they can't, not necessarily replace them and that they have somebody who's going to fill that exact role but they replace them in other ways, if there's internal development. Now, mind you, my optimism hinges on a couple of things being true. If, you know, they don't come true, then, like, if you told me that wasn't going to be the case, then I'd lower my expectations. One of those things is a jump from Max Shulga. 
where there's a growing confidence that I think Max Schulke can take a jump. It's why I, I think he should probably be the starter. Granted, I don't have the same information Ryan Onum is working with, but if what I have is at least somewhat indicative, I think Schulke should be one of the starters and maybe be one of the leaders on offense. Um, and one thing is I was prepping an article. There's some confidence that maybe Sean Bairstow can make a jump, whereas before I was a little pessimistic about him making a jump, but I've, you know, in crunching some numbers, there's room for him to make a jump similar to what Justin Bean did. Yeah, I, I've, you know, early in Sean Bairstow's career, here's a guy that looked like he had talent and abilities. We knew his older brother shined in and, uh, and, and New Mexico and comes from a, a, a rich basketball tradition in his family, uh, but was prone to... Uh, making mistakes, unforced errors, and would take himself out of games because of silly fouls, turnovers, you know, just really unforced errors. And it took him out of the game, and he fell out of favor with Craig Smith and started thinking, man, I, don't, I just don't know if this Barristow experiment's going to work. But under Coach Odom, he sticks around, he stays with it, starts to show improvement. And then I think he started to show a lot more confidence later in the season and from what we're hearing, in the, this has been a really good offseason for Sean Bairstow. And he has that size and skill set on the perimeter to be a really impactful player on the wing. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to explain what I said when he could maybe have, when Sean Bairstow got to have a jump like Justin Binks. So I'll kind of show you some of the numbers that I was playing around with that makes me think it's possible. It's probably not likely, but it's possible. So we'll be back with that after this. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. For over 20 years, Ages Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Ages' goal is to meet those needs. Ages Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Ages, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Ages Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myages.com. 
I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is, is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Visit ManagerBP.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association in partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back, Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. I remember to turn on his mic this time so we can actually talk. Yay! That's because I'm not doing a live read this this time. Let's <laughs> talk about uh, men's basketball. Um, I had a couple of texts. I think uh, nine three one five. Uh, he, he has a couple of texts. Said, uh, "Does USU basketball have anyone with injuries? Right now, there's at least two of them that we know of." Rylan Jones has uh, an undisclosed injury. They didn't say what it was. Brian Odom, when I interviewed him, said it was kind of like a turf toe. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, expected to be healed and ready to go by the time the regular season gets underway. And then... You should stop playing basketball on turf then. <laughs> that would, it's, maybe maybe that, that's the problem. Maybe that would help. <laughs> uh, and then the, the bigger question is with Taylor Funk. Yeah. A, a fracture on the bottom of his foot. Yeah. Kind of a minor thing where it's not like, you know, months long, but still, fracture keeps you out. Right. Uh, when I went up to practice, this has been now a few weeks, but um, Rylan was, I'd heard that he was in a boot and I was watching for it. It didn't look like he was wearing a boot, but he was in street clothes. He wasn't practicing. Uh, but Taylor, he had his foot in a boot and he had his uh, knee on one of those scooters. And so he is kneeling on it so he can kind of move around. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was definitely had, you know, that's to remove any weight from the from the foot. And so uh, Coach Odom said that they were hoping to get him back in time for the regular season. But um, yeah, I don't have much more of an update of that since then. Seems there was some improvement because by the scrimmage he was just walking around on the boot. Well, that is encouraging. He wasn't, he wasn't doing the scooter thing. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was Sean Barristow. We, we talked about him at the end of the last segment. wanted to talk about some of these numbers I was crunching where I can kind of posture that there's a chance that Barristow can have a jump like Justin Bean did. Because with Justin Bean, he had a couple of jumps in his career. He was early on, he was a bench player, and then he had a big jump when he went to a starter and ended up averaging a double-double. And you kind of could have predicted that when you saw it because he was playing like a double-double machine in lower minutes. So when he was a starter, he made that jump. And then when both Sam Merrill and Amish Keta were gone, he made a bigger jump in terms of points per game. And that was kind of predictable. There was one aspect that was not, and that was with how well he was shooting. He made a crazy jump shooting-wise. So, like, he went from 
like 11, I think 11.7 points over like a two-season span. That was his average across two seasons. It was 11.7 points. He went to 17.4 his final season. And part of that was he went from averaging like a little under nine shots per game to averaging 12.5 shots per game. So his volume increased, and he made a huge jump in his three-point percentage. Yes. And so those two Really teams, worked on his form, yeah. put up a lot of shots in the offseason to gain confidence, gain strength, gain consistency, and you could tell. It, it, it made a huge difference. Yeah, so he, he was a lot better. And so Sean Bearstow, like these are the numbers I crunched. If you take that kind of jump, you say, all right, what if he gets 12.5 um, shots per game? Well, last year, looking at... You know, the distribution of shots, like where he shots and like number of two-point shots, number of three-point shots. If you crunch all that together, if he's averaging 12.5 field goals a game, he goes to 14.7 points. Now, if you also factor in, let's say he jumps in three-point percentage. Now, before, and I didn't give Bearstow credit for this because I said he'd never been a good shooter, but in reviewing the numbers, I was wrong in that sense. Where through his first two seasons, he shot 36%, which is not elite. It's okay. And it was on low volume. But there's something there. So if he got back to that and shot 36% and you crunch all these numbers together in the distribution and all that, and you throw it into a 12.5 field goal attempt, you know, volume, he's, depending on number of free throws he makes, that's around 17 points per game. So it's within the realm of possibility if he sees an increase of volume. And it's hard to predict that, you know, it's hard to say that Bearstow will be the guy. We just there's a couple of different guys who could be the guy. Yeah. It could be Taylor Funk. It could be, you know, I like Shoga. It could be Bearstow. So it depends. But it's within the realm of possibility, just looking at some realistic improvements and a possibility of an increased role, there's room for Bearstow to do that. I wouldn't predict it, but it's again, like I said, within the realm of possibility. Well, it it will be interesting to see how he you really how he develops and the role that he plays this year. Will he be somebody who uh, is more like a Brock Miller who shoots from the outside, uh, or will he be um, a, a slasher, which he's been more of a slasher to this point, and and I think that he you know he needs to be a better finisher at the rim, but I think that's something that he can can definitely do. Yeah, or is he going to be more well rounded where he can do either or? And I think that he is to the point in his career and his development where he can be either or. Yeah. Well, the thing with Barrister was he was like an elite slasher in terms of his finishing. He was one of the best players finishing last year at the rim. My worry, when you talk about that 17 points, my worry is he can't get there because he's probably just going to see some natural regression in his finishing where he was really good last season. He's probably not going to live up to that. So that's where I wouldn't want to predict that because I don't want to expect him to improve his deficiencies and maintain those crazy high numbers. It's kind of tricky to, to expect that. Uh, a couple of texts coming through. Um, let's see. Did you get the, the red shirt question from 9315? Uh, I don't think I did, actually. Uh, do they have the red shirt thing in basketball, or just like football? I don't think they do. They don't have like a play a certain number of games and still get a red shirt. If they have one, I don't know what the limit is. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I think if you play, you're your red shirt's gone uh five but don't quote me on that uh we need to double check that five six six two i think football had higher expectations coming into the season basketball can overachieve compared to expectations for the season yeah and i think that's fair 
natural reasons, right? Your your football team won the conference championship, won their bowl game, and a lot of excitement and expectation for their uh, return. Basketball, they didn't win the conference. They didn't go to the NCAA tournament. So they're um, and come into the season picked eighth from the media poll. So, yeah, I think the, the basketball is definitely in a better position to overachieve and uh, uh, compared to expectations. Yeah. And uh, 7854, uh, dude, you're reaching. We saw that last year where Horvath flourished in his role at Utah State. Adelrock struggled. He needs to step up this year. Yeah, and I think he said that, dude, you're reaching when I was talking about Barristow, which, yeah, when I put all that together, it, it is reaching. Like, I, I understand that, but like I said, it's within the realm of possibility. And I agree with you on that. I don't think that's a reach. I think it is within the realm of possibility based on his trajectory, the, the improvements he was making, the tail end of the season, and what he's been doing in the offseason, what I've observed in person and practice. So uh, I think that he is... He's a guy that's going to play a large role for Utah State. Yeah, so there is room for a jump. The 17 points is kind of the peak. But anyway, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on 106.9 The Fan. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Final minutes here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. Been talking men's basketball. I uh, got another text from uh, 7854. He says, A key to the season will be how the transfers acclimate with the current set of players. I think that's definitely true. You know, Taylor Funk's going to be a key this year. Could probably be my pick to be the, the, the leading scorer. But is that, he's obviously got to fit in, and, and Dan well, Atkins also got to fit in. But here's the thing. I mean, Funk comes in as a transfer, a newcomer, and he was elected as a team captain. So... I'm not real worried about acclimation as maybe some others because I think this team and this coaching staff is going to have that figured out. Yeah. Well, he's acclimated personality-wise. Has he acclimated on the court? Uh, that's true. And he's also missing a lot of time now. So I think there's it, – it's a we'll see, I think, still. 
because he's going to have to do a lot, of, a lot of that on the fly where he was here back earlier in the in the calendar year. But he's now missed some time because of, you know, the foot injury, so he's not had time to build that chemistry, on-court chemistry with his teammates. So. Yeah. Yeah, but look, there's some there, – there, a number of these guys have familiarity with this coaching staff, and I think they'll fit in just fine. All right. That'll be it for, his, for us here on the Full Court Press. Talk to you tomorrow. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year, and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12-21. and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Essie Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At Match Quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get Essie Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility 